Welcome to CCFA Perspectives on ReachMD, providing Crohn's and colitis updates, dividing innovation in IBD research, education, and clinical support. This series is produced in collaboration with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America. This is ReachMD, and I'm Rondell Damalisi, Area Executive Director of the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America. We're broadcasting today from CCFA's Take Steps Walk here in Philadelphia. And with me today is Dr. Lindsay Albenberg. Dr. Albenberg is a gastroenterologist in the Division of Gastroenterology, Hepatology, and Nutrition at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Welcome, doctor. Thanks so much, happy to be here. We're thrilled to have you. So uh, a lot of physicians listen to these broadcasts. What are the most important things you can share with them about Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis? So I think just the, the increasing incidence. So these are very common disorders. So approximately 1.5 million Americans are affected with these diseases. Um, as a pediatric gastroenterologist, these disorders are extremely common and the incidence is increasing in that population as well. So at least a quarter of people with IBD are diagnosed in the pediatric age group. So um, very common among all age groups and it's something to be thinking about just in your day-to-day -day practice. And what are the signs and symptoms that doctors can be looking out for? Sure. So. Um, these are digestive diseases. They're chronic inflammatory disorders of the GI tract. So they cause symptoms like abdominal pain, diarrhea, blood in the stool, um, frequently weight loss, decreased appetite. Um, particularly in the pediatric population, we're very concerned about, about the way that our patients are growing. And so it's not uncommon actually for patients to really not have many symptoms at all and just not be growing well. Um, so, so we see that not uncommonly. I mean, I think at least a handful of times a year we get referrals from endocrinologists for children who are not growing well and we find that they have these inflammatory disorders. So um, wide, wide range of symptoms that can span very, very mild symptoms to very severe symptoms that, uh, that actually cause patients to be hospitalized. So very broad range. So the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation uh, funds a, a great deal of research in the IBD area. And I know that you've been one of our recipients of yeah. research awards yeah. and you're working in the area of nutrition and IBD. Can you talk to us a little bit about the work that you're doing? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So it's very interesting. So when you look at the parts of the world where IBD is the most common, they are mostly parts of the world that are industrialized. And as unindustrialized parts of the world are becoming more industrialized, the incidence of these diseases is increasing, which has really made us think, well, you know, we know that there is a genetic component, but what else could be going on? Is there something environmental? And so two of the major environmental exposures that the gut sees are diet and gut bacteria. So it's really made us think, could the Western diet or could diet in general be involved in the development of inflammatory bowel diseases and could diet be a potential therapy? So we actually know for certain people who have Crohn's disease that enteral nutritional therapy is it's a treatment. So these are diets where you replace the majority of a person's calories with 
medical grade formulas and you restrict their intake of regular food. And that can actually be a way to treat inflammation, which is really amazing. And it's a therapy that's been used for almost 50 years now. But what's amazing is that still today, despite that, we really don't know how it works. And so that's what I do. And so that's what the research that I do is focused on trying to figure out how these dietary therapies actually work for patients who have IBD. Because the thought is, is that if we can figure out how they work, then perhaps we can identify diets that are less restrictive than, you know, just these formula diets where little else is allowed. Absolutely. That's fascinating work that you're doing. Um, so in addition to diet and, yes. and where we're headed in that direction, what are some other um, treatments that doctors should be aware of? And are there some new medical treatments coming down the pipeline? Yes, absolutely. So I think, you know, the mainstays of IBD therapy are um, corticosteroids, which reduce inflammation in the acute setting, but they cannot be used long term. We have maintenance therapies, particularly the biologics that are targeted against key positions in inflammatory pathways. And as we're learning more about these inflammatory pathways, newer generations of biologics are being developed that work through various mechanisms. I think the other really fascinating piece is that we're learning more about the genetics in IBD. We're learning more about the microbiome and the role that the microbiome plays in IBD. And as we're learning more about this, we it's becoming clear really something we've known for a long time that these are not one size fits all diseases. So each patient is completely unique. And I think the future of IBD therapy is really taking a person's genes and a person's microbiome and targeting therapy to that individual patient. So that's where we need to, to go, and that's where the future of IBD research is heading. We are looking forward to that. Um, if you're just joining us, this is ReachMD. I am Rondell Domelisi from the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and I am sitting here talking to Dr. Lindsay Albenberg, um, and we're discussing uh, Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis and some of their implications in pediatrics. So just to change course a little bit, um, and I think this is an especially interesting topic in pediatrics, what are some of the psychosocial aspects of having Crohn's and colitis or you know, really any lifelong chronic disease yeah. that doctors should be aware of? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think so, you know, one thing about these diseases is that they affect the GI tract. They cause symptoms that are embarrassing that people don't want to talk about. So they cause diarrhea, abdominal pain. You know, we, it's not uncommon for our pa pediatric patients, especially prior to diagnosis and getting on the right therapy, to have urgency where they're needing to run to the bathroom. And so it's not something that you really want to talk about. And so I think that alone carrying that burden of living with a disease that you can't really share with others or that you feel uncomfortable sharing with others is, is really huge. And so um, we really, particularly in pediatrics, but with all patients, we take a multidisciplinary approach. And it's very important to us to have psychologists and social workers on our team um, to, to really treat the emotional aspects of these disorders from a psychological perspective, but also how do kids deal with this in school? How do we make sure that they can function in school and that they can get the support and the resources that they need? So these are really critical issues and it's important to treat the, the whole patient and, and recognize that, that this is a big deal, that 
these diseases cause significant morbidity, so time missed from school and time missed from work and um, getting, our, we want our patients to participate in life. And so really focusing on those aspects is important. And what would you say about the um, resources that the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation provides for patients? Speaking of um, awareness, education, support that can be helpful for doctors to know that they can utilize. So the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation is an, an amazing resource. I think, you know, their website alone, I think, you know, when it's, it's really hard practicing medicine today in the era of the internet when you can go online and look, ask a question and get a million different answers. Most of them are personal testimonials, but the CCFA website is just an excellent source of good, accurate information. Um, I think one thing that's really helpful is the doc finder on their website. So I think it's important that if you are suspicious that a patient in your practice might have inflammatory bowel disease, that you're referring them to a gastroenterologist who has experience treating inflammatory bowel disease patients. And so the doc finder is huge. Um, the other thing that I have found helpful, I refer patients to the CCFA website all the time to look at uh, their descriptions of the various medications so that, you know, not, not only obviously we have discussions with our patients about the different medications, but they're going to have questions, things that they forgot to ask during the visit. So it's a great resource for that as well. Um, I also utilize the CCFA website for information on 504 plans. So 504 plans are educational plans that prevent a patient with IBD, particularly pediatric patients, from being discriminated against in the school setting. And they have template letters for um, all ages of children and adolescents. They have college letters that can help explain the disorder and get patients the appropriate resources that they need. Terrific. Dr. Oppenberg, is there anything that I haven't asked you here today that you'd really love the listeners to know about Crohn's and colitis? You know, I think just um, just keeping it on, on your radar when you see patients with digestive complaints, making sure that you're thinking about it um, and, and understanding that the, the presentation can be insidious so it doesn't always present with very severe symptoms, particularly in pediatrics, they can be more mild. Um, I think that patients with inflammatory bowel disease are incredibly strong and uh, really amazing. It's, it's an honor to get to work with them on a daily basis, to work with particularly children who have to, to carry this burden of having these sort of embarrassing symptoms. So the patients with IBD are great and, and definitely keep it in mind when you're seeing kids with digestive complaints. My thanks to our guest, Dr. Lindsay Albenberg. We've been talking about Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis in the pediatric population. We really thank you for being here today. To download this podcast and others in the series, please visit reachmd.com or download the ReachMD app. We welcome you to share, like, or comment on this podcast. I'm Rondell Domelisi, and this is ReachMD, and we invite you to be part of the knowledge. Thank you so much. You've been listening to CCFA Perspectives on ReachMD, produced in collaboration with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America. For access to this and other episodes and to download the ReachMD app, visit reachmd.com forward slash CCFA.